The views and opinions expressed on my story, Living with Lupus Podcast, represents each person's individual experience. By listening to this podcast or reading our blog, you agree not to use this podcast or blog as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. As always, consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. My Story Living with Lupus podcast is officially trademarked, all rights reserved. Thank you for joining me for another episode of My Story, Living with Lupus. I'm your host, Susan Hendricks, and I'm so glad that you could join me on this Friday, April the 3rd, 2020. Today's topic is all about your mental health. I know that I stated that we will be Going further in discussion about bolus lupus erythematosus, but I felt the need to talk to you about your mental health to see how you are coping with what is going on in this country and around the world. So you know what I want you to do all the way from the United States to Austria. That's right, go grab that cup of coffee, go grab that cup of tea, and to my listeners late at night, grab your favorite glass of wine and join the conversation right here on my story, Living with Lupus. If you would like to appear on an episode of My Story Living with Lupus, you can contact us at mystorylivingwithlupus at gmail.com. Also visit us on our Instagram page and also our website, My Story Living with Lupus.
Thank you for joining me. You know, COVID-19 has been at the forefront of the news. When we turn on the TV, the radio, that is all we can hear. The new total number of cases, the new number of deaths, and so on. My request to you is not to get caught up in the numbers. You know, we as human beings are accustomed to social interaction with others. COVID-19 has presented a new normal of interacting with one another. The hugs, the handshakes have become non-existent. The family gatherings, going to church services, going to dinner has been placed on hold by social distancing. For right now, we are dealing with a new normal. You know, we are all in this together and must accept that. But don't accept it in fear. COVID-19 has recently taken several friends of mine. I recently received a call yesterday at 4.45 p.m. And all I heard was a voice which was saddened and the individual could barely get my name out. And all I could do was to keep saying, no, don't tell me. Don't tell me. This is the third individual that I knew to succumb to COVID-19. Now, there are not any proven medications right now. There is no evidence that the ZPAC or hydrochloroquine works. The studies that were did failed to reveal that some people were not counted. They failed to mention that individuals truly became ill after taking hydro- hydrochloroquine. I'm sorry medication. For those who don't have a formal diagnosis of anxiety or depression, do you realize that according to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, nearly 18% of the population or 40 million adults struggle with some form of anxiety disorder. Amongst 
the daily news coverage of the virus, and there is data stating that COVID-19 is immensely concerning. And based on some data, which indicates that this pandemic can wreak havoc on the population's mental health. You know, we live in a society that expects a quick fix to our problems. The World Health Organization stated that it will take at least 18 months to develop a vaccine. What is it that we do know? We know that COVID-19 is not a hoax. COVID-19 is not a hoax that is being orchestrated by one political party. We know that there is not enough clinical data to suggest that hydrochloroquine and z is the answer to fight this virus. What we do know that individuals who have been diagnosed with anxiety and depression is having a difficult time dealing with what is going on at this particular time. What we can expect is the increase in the number of mental health claims which will be presented. What we can expect is 50% of healthcare workers to experience symptoms of depression. What we can expect is 45% of healthcare workers to experience symptoms of anxiety. What we can expect is another pandemic, and that pandemic is mental health. Everyone reacts differently to stressful situations. How you respond to the outbreak can depend on your background. The things that make you different from other people and the community you live in. People who may respond more strongly to stress of a crisis includes older people, and people with chronic diseases who are at higher risk for COVID-19, children and teens, people who are helping with the response to COVID-19, 
like doctors and other healthcare providers or first responders. People who have mental health conditions, including problems with substance use. Stress during an infectious disease outbreak can include fear and worry about your own health and the health of your loved ones. Changes in sleep or eating patterns, difficulty sleeping or concentrating, worsening of chronic health problems, increased use of alcohol, tobacco, or other drugs. Now, people with pre-existing mental health conditions should continue with their treatment and be aware of new or worsening symptoms. Taking care of yourself, your friends, your family can help you cope with stress. Helping others cope with their stress can also make your community stronger. The things that you, my listeners, can do to support yourself is to take breaks from watching, reading, or listening to news stories, including social media, hearing about the pandemic repeatedly can be upsetting. Take care of your body. Take deep breaths or meditate. Try to eat healthy, well-balanced meals, exercise regularly, get plenty of sleep, and avoid alcohol and drugs. Make time to unwind. Try to do some other activities you enjoy. Connect with others. Talk with people you trust about your concerns and how you are feeling. Call your healthcare provider if stress gets in the way of your daily activities for several days in a row. Reduce stress in yourself and others. Sharing the facts about COVID-19 and understanding the actual risks to yourself and people you care about can make an outbreak less stressful. When you share accurate information about COVID-19, you can help make people feel less stressed and allow you to connect with them. For you parents, children and teens react in part on what they see from adults around them. When parents and caregivers deal with COVID-19 calmly and confidently, they can provide the best support for their children. 
parents can be more reassuring to others around them, especially children, if they are better prepared. Now, not all children and teens respond to stress the same way. Some common changes to watch for include excessive crying or irritation in younger children, returning to behaviors they have outgrown. For example, accidents of wetting the bed, excess worry or sadness, unhealthy eating or sleeping habits, irritability, and acting out behavior in teens, poor school performance, or avoiding the subject of school totally, difficult with attention and concentration, avoidance of activities enjoyed in the past, unexplained headaches or body pains, use of alcohol, tobacco, or other drugs. There are many things you can do to support your child or your children. Take time to talk with your child or teen about what is going on. Answer questions and share facts about COVID-19 in a way that your child or teen can understand. Parents, reassure your child or teen that they are safe. Let them know it is okay if they feel upset. Share with them how you deal with your own stress so that they can learn how to cope from you. Limit your family's exposure to news coverage of events, including social media. Children may misinterpret what they hear and can be frightened about something they do not understand. Try to keep up with regular routines. We all know that schools are closed, so create a schedule for learning activities and relaxing or fun activities. Be a role model. Take breaks, get plenty of sleep, exercise, eat well, connect with your friends and family members. For my responders, responding to COVID-19 can take an emotional toll on you. There are things you can do to reduce secondary traumatic stress reactions. Acknowledge that STS can impact anyone helping families after a traumatic event. Learn the symptoms, including physical fatigue, illness, and mental fear 
withdrawal, or guilt. Allow time for you and your family to recover from responding to the pandemic. Create a menu of personal self-care activities that you enjoy, such as spending time with friends and family, exercising, or reading a book. Take a break from media coverage of COVID-19. Ask for help if you feel overwhelmed or concerned that COVID-19 is affecting your ability to care for your family and patients as you did before the outbreak. And these, this information, I should say, what I'm about to give is for people who have been released from quarantine. Being separated from others. If a healthcare provider thinks you may have been exposed to COVID-19, can be stressful, even if you do not get sick. Everyone feels differently after coming out of quarantine. Some feelings include mixed emotions, including relief after quarantine, fear and worry about your own health and the health of your loved ones, stress from the experience of monitoring yourself or being monitored by others for signs and symptoms of COVID-19, sadness, anger, or frustration because friends or loved ones have unfounded fears of contracting the disease from contact with you. Even though you have been determined not to be contagious. Guilt about not being able to perform normal work or parenting duties during quarantine. Other emotional or mental health changes. Children may also feel upset or have other strong emotions if they or someone they know has been released from quarantine. Just know that we are all in this together and we'll get over it. But take care of your mental health. I'll be back with closing remarks. Many of you know that from 
My previous episodes of when I had my heart attack, um, that my cardiologist informed me that I had to um, go back home. And because I needed to be around someone 24-7 to monitor me in case I had another heart attack. They needed to know what exactly was I, what I was doing at the time. And um, I moved back in the family's home. And with my oldest sister. Now my oldest sister is having a hard time dealing with what is going on. That she sees on the news and she reads. And I had to tell her one evening to cut to another channel, stop watching the news channel because she had become obsessed. She had become paranoid. She had showed signs of fear. She, from what I'm looking at is getting in a depressed mode so I told her I said do something that you like to do that you haven't done in a long time I said turn if you're going to watch TV turn it on something funny that will make you laugh I said all of these books here that is in the bookcase that read a book you know um, you like fashion read one of the fashion books do something else besides obsessing with what you hear on a daily basis she looked at me and said You're not worried. I said, no, I'm not worried. And I said, you should stop. Every time you're flipping the channel onto the news to see what they're saying about it, how many people have died, then you get in that depressed mode. And that's not good. I told her everything would be all right. I told her that the administration knew about this way before now and they failed to act. If they act when they first found out about this, This country would not be in the shape it is in right now. And um, 
I received a call just a few minutes ago from my daughter. She informed me that where she works at in New York, she works for the city of New York government. And she said they informed her that someone in the office had had tested positive for COVID-19 and they wanted her to go get tested. She stated, I didn't want to tell you because I knew that you would have had concerns, but I have tested negatively. And she said that um, she will remain careful and abide by the CDC and the World Health Organization, along with um, the state of New York guidelines. She is working from home. So, lastly, what we do know is that this, what we are going through, will pass. What I pray for is that everyone, regardless of race, creed, color, sexual preference, religion, will come together and have a mutual respect for one another. We are all in this together. We will get through it. Please abide by the CDC and the World Health Organizations. Don't be obsessed with the news and everything you hear. Stay off of social media and take care of your mental health. If you are in need to speak with someone about how you are mentally feeling, all you have to do is pick up the phone and dial 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357. That's the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Line. I'm Susan Hendricks for my story, Living with Lupus. Everyone stay safe. Find some fun activities to do at home. FaceTime family and friends so you won't feel so isolated. And on Wednesday, we'll pick back up on the subject of bolus lupus arrhythmatosis, what it is. 
guys have a most pleasant, blessed, and peaceful weekend. I'll see you next week.
opinions expressed on my story, Living with Lupus Podcast, represents each person's individual experience. By listening to this podcast or reading our blog, you agree not to use this podcast or blog as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. As always, consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. My Story Living with Lupus podcast is officially trademarked, all rights reserved. Thank you.